Get out of here. Way back. He looks up. There's the cycle. You can put it on the board. Yes. A single, double, triple, and home run in one game. He is hit for the cycle. Hey there. Welcome back to the cycle. Nothing, man. We're about to uh, we're doing the intro before we have our conversations this is a today. New for us, yeah, it's fun. You know, switch it up, change it up a little bit. Can't do the same old stuff Mm-mm. every time. I think we should change it up. We're going to be talking to Billy Bean, who's the vice president of social responsibility and inclusion for Major League Baseball, and we got the Matrix here, Sean Marion. Sean Marion, a Chicagoan and a. Uh, you know, all-star in the NBA for many years. Waukegan, born and bred. Was he an NBA champion? He was. Did we verify that? 2011? 2011 with the Mavericks. And uh, that's one of my favorite NBA champs outside of the Bulls Agreed. championships. Because they beat the uh, the Heat. The dreaded Heat. That three-headed monster of theirs. That was the first year, right? It was. It was the first year of the big three. Everybody was rooting oh, for Dallas. Absolutely. Uh, and, and it was good to see Dirk get one, and a guy like Marion, who had a great career, 16 seasons in the NBA. Yep. Was yeah, a so superstar in his prime. Yeah, it'll be nice to meet him. He will be probably our tallest guest we've ever had. I think so. We always break ground every episode. Someone is, is new, bringing something different. Will um, this be our third different sports champion? We have a Super Bowl winner. We have a World Series winner, NBA title winner. We'll yeah. have everything but uh, hockey. Brad, get, our esteemed producer, Brad, get on that. Yeah, what is the... Let's get somebody from the hockey. He's just... <laughs> he's silent right now. And we had the Indy, Indianapolis... Uh, we do. 500 winner. Three-time Indy winner? Three times. Mm. Uh, we got some great stuff going on at the park. We're just... Um, how about this? A live podcast. Excited for that. Recording on Saturday, August 6th with Carlton Fisk. What? Yeah, that was my favorite player growing up. I'm so, so excited I'm excited about it. Yeah, they're playing the Orioles that day. And I was just saying, that's it's my favorite player growing up and the team that crushed my dreams, Ugh. the Orioles, 1983. It's not something that, that you know, no one ever just calls him Carlton. Carl. Yeah, Carlton. Right? <laughs> it's Carlton Fisk. Absolutely. You say Full Carlton, you picture the dude from Fresh Prince. Fresh Prince, right. right? That's a Robert. Which yeah. Carlton should wear sweater vests? <laughs> Carlton Fisk, more often. I think he should. But it's a it's funny like yeah I think I'm just gonna do that during the podcast I'm just gonna keep calling him Carlton just Carlton yeah, Carlton well, thanks Carlton talk about 1983 Carlton it's such a it's not a common name it's not but Carlton Fisk is but you you let you always say it in one piece it's always Carlton Fisk like you're saying yeah. there's no just Carlton you don't blink when you hear that mm-hmm. Carlton Fisk sounds normal mm-hmm. Carlton I think I think his wife does that Carlton Fisk you come down for dinner right there honey all right Carlton Fisk. I made potatoes. I love you, Carlton Fisk. <laughs> and um, it seems like it's not the first time you've said that. I want to say that. <laughs> yeah, right. Plenty of times watching the games. I job. went to Cooperstown for his induction. Did you really? Yeah, my dad and oh. I planned that when he was an active player. My dad was like, we're going to go when he gets inducted. That's awesome. And sure enough, he was elected to the Hall of Fame, and we went to Cooperstown. And it was, uh, it was a blast, a lot of fun. One of my favorite Fisk moments, I was at the game when they were playing the Rangers during the retirement season, and uh, they gave him the motorcycle. Bo rode the motorcycle onto the field. Oh, yeah? Do you remember that? I do. I was here for that. That was a lot of fun. Were you really? Yeah. Yeah, speaking of Bo Jackson, they have a Bo Jackson bobblehead mm. out. The first Transitions. Bo Jackson. No one's done a Bo Jackson bobblehead before? No one's ever done a Bo Jackson bobblehead. Any uh, baseball, football, any team, nothing. That's really, really crazy to me. And it's, it's great. 
Yeah, describe it here. All right, so uh, it's Bo with a broken bat over his knee. He just broke the bat over his knee. Uh, he's standing on a football with one foot. He's got a football helmet on the other side. No logos on it, but the black and silver. I think we know who that's all about. And then uh, wearing his number eight socks gear. It's fantastic. And you can get it. This can be yours. You can buy it at the stadium. And uh, where are the sections again? Sections 100, 135, and 535. During a game. During a game only. Yeah, you yeah. can't just... Can't show up walk in here if you do ask for brad though <laughs> if you do just walk in here ask for brad tell him you're here to buy a bobblehead or you can go to whitesocks.com slash bow bobble <laughs> it's great to say whitesocks.com slash bow bobble bow bobble and pick up the, yeah it is cool i like it although he's standing on the football and that's they tell you at an early age get off the ball <laughs> you're gonna lopsided it you think anyone's yelling at bow about that though <laughs> i don't know and he's standing <laughs> right on the laces too but he literally has a broken bat over his knee you think anyone's <laughs> mad at him for standing on a football at this very moment great i think i saw bow break one over his head once did you on the on top of his helmet <laughs> he broke one i don't remember that one the feats of strength of bow though the, the things you hear about what this guy did I, nothing surprises me i want to get him on this podcast i do too yeah that would be great bow we're calling you out yeah. Please come talk to us. Bo Bobble. Bo Bobble. There is a great story. You talk about Bo coming out on the, uh, there was a center field warning track. They could, you know, the gates open and he brought the motorcycle out for mm-hmm. Colin Fisk. And we sat down at Robin Ventura at Sox Fest. Unfortunately, the recording, <laughs> recording didn't take, but he tells a great story of when Karkovice <laughs> retired, retired. during so batting practice, he got a 10 speed <laughs> and Robin... <laughs> came out from center rode field and rode the 10-speed. No ceremony, nothing, just Robin riding the 10-speed. Yeah. They got him. Oh, that's great. And they put up uh, like a fake retired number <laughs> on the on the wall. Oh, that's beautiful. That they were all for, uh, for Carco. What was Officer Ron's number? I can't recall. He was 20, I believe. 20? Yeah. Okay. Number 20, which was uh, also the uh, – he needs at least that SPF. <laughs> all the time. 20. He needs, Indoors. He, Indoors. He actually needs 72. He needs <laughs> 72. He, he needs, needs Carl Fisk. Carl Fisk sunblock, not Carlton sunblock. Right. That he doesn't need any. So uh, yeah, we're just waiting for Billy Bean to come join us. Billy is uh, one of two openly gay Major League Baseball players in the history of the game. Sure. And he played um, in the '90s last year, or maybe it was 2014. He was named an ambassador of inclusion for Major League Baseball, and then earlier this year. He was promoted to vice president of uh, social responsibility and inclusion. He was here today talking to all the front office people, and he's got a uh, tremendous story, and we're looking forward to, to talking with him. And it's funny, when I got the text today, like, hey, we're going to talk with Billy Bean, I was thinking, I was like, looking for that E on the end. Yeah, I'm with you. Right? I'm with you. It's so funny that they both go by. I love with these guys that go by Billy, even when they're older. Yeah, right? It's still Billy. No William, no Bill. <laughs> right. You don't hear Carlton Fisk going by Carly, do you? No, he's Carlton Fisk. He's a man. That's what he does. Yeah, that'll be interesting. So what else, uh, Jim, we got going on? Anything? No. Uh, <laughs> this is weird to put me on the spot. We- <laughs> no. Um, okay, you're a loser. I'm sad. I'm going to miss uh, August 6th when you are doing the Carlton Fisk live podcast. I will be headlining a show for the Milwaukee Comedy Festival that night. Oh, is that right? So, so you're going to plug something else? You said what else is going on. You said Trump, what's going on. Trying to trump our... I mean, that's fine. You guys have fun with Carlton. Uh, I'll be, you know, with my adoring fans up in Milwaukee. Next week, you said what else is going on. If I'm going to plug stuff, next week, Kevin Bozeman and I, the 28th through 30th, will be at Zany's in St. Charles. Oh, is that right? Come catch a show. Be there a lot of fun. Two-thirds of the cycle. Yeah. 
I got nothing, man. I'm, mm. I'm going on vacation next week. Are right, yeah, we family. headed? We're going to New Buffalo, Michigan. I want to see how much of this bread actually airs. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to New Buffalo. It's He's a, stopped uh, recording. Three bedroom. What? Stop recording. Give him the address. <laughs> see if any fans want to come out and say hi to Pat. I have your New Buffalo contingent. Here we are. Here's Billy Bean. Doing? It's been yeah. <laughs> Billy, we're recording already. We're, We've already. We just we're, we're, jump right we in. We never do it this way. Mm-hmm. We thought we would just go. So you're re, are you rethinking a tweet or something? <laughs> oh, no. So you don't course. ever have to worry about that. I, uh, I post just like today, you know, something, opportunity to meet uh, – you know, the White Sox and, uh, yeah, the Twitter, like, conversation kind of thing. That's – nobody has to worry about me making a mistake there. Oh, yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, about it. All right, so that we talked a little bit about you before you came <clears throat> in. And uh, thanks for doing this. I'm Pat McGann. This is Jim Flanagan. Jim Flanagan, nice Jim, to meet and, you. Um, nice to meet you. Yeah, we love it if you write on the mic there. You are – you originally were the ambassador of inclusion, and this year you were named the vice president of social responsibility and inclusion. Right, right. That was uh, – uh, wonderful surprise. I've, I've been at work for about a year and a half uh, as the first ambassador for inclusion um, and uh, was able to uh, make some contributions uh, outside of the LGBT sphere and um, um, was surprised with that opportunity, which really um, stays right in line with what I'm doing, but it, it allows us to, we're getting an opportunity to really refine um, what our social responsibility uh, messaging is and, and to create a department. It's, it's becoming such a uh, responsibility that is embraced within the commissioner's office that uh, I want to help us elevate um, some of the great initiatives that we are doing. And um, it is our responsibility to give our players life skill lessons. There's, right, sure. um, they're so young when they come to the big leagues. I speak Spanish. I've gone down the Dominican uh, played winter ball five times, and and um, that's impressive. Down yeah. there, is that the only other language you got? That's the only one I, I got. Back <laughs> only I'm still two? trying to master English, first of all. But uh, <laughs> um, but even there, you know, you see the uh, there, baseball has a unique way of bringing many cultures together, and for us to expect that they all get it just because they got called up to the major leagues, um, and also the opportunity to talk to minor league players in spring training. Um, and get some some good stuff in front of them too. Right. And uh, you know, I want to help our players succeed. Um, you know, when you're talking about minor league players, not every one of them makes the major leagues. But you know, three or four year, five year minor league baseball experience, if we can, uh, aside from them learning to manage life through that kind of stress, um, give them some great uh, things to move on with their lives and maybe move into coaching or, you know, high school youth programs or whatever, and just really paying it forward with the opportunity we have. When you talk about that social responsibility, how how is it? I mean, do you, do you actually get to see the rewards of taking someone who may not have been as open to, to the different cultures that are out there and actually watch them grow, watch them become a little more open-minded? I th- you know, you don't always hear a thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if there is integrity and authenticity to the message that especially the veteran players in the big leagues, I have, uh, I, I told when I spoke with the, the front office here today, I shared, um, you know, some of the most difficult moments for me was walking into a major league clubhouse looking at, you know, 35, 40 players in spring training um, during the season, 25 guys. Um, 
and them wondering, you know, what the F are we doing in here? You know what I mean? Right. Like, uh, and so me bringing something that's relatable um, out of respect to their time and, and the, the attention that they're giving. Um, but there well, to have give context, to give context to our listeners, this is recent. And, and oh, they, sure. they yeah, the saw ma- the video that you said, like, this is a conversation that we're probably 13, 15 years too late on having. But you played in the 90s. I did. And I finished 20 years ago, which right. is I was young. Um, and again, up until two years ago, I didn't think there would ever be a place for me in baseball because I disclosed that I am gay. Sure. And yeah. uh, even though I played six seasons, like I said, I'm bilingual. I sp- I played winter ball five times. Um, I've been around. You really want to hammer home that bilingual. <laughs> yeah. We know, Billy. Well, but, I mean, and what sport would it seem to be? You no, know, I know, I know. But, uh, and that we're, came we're from. We're smart asses. That's, yeah. that's, that's <laughs> the thing we do. Sorry. Um, so, I guess for me, I'm learning as we go as well. And the opportunity that uh, I see each and every day. Um, you know, the generosity of the White Sox taking a little bit of time in the middle of the season to have a conversation yeah. ab- for their employees. It wasn't about me. Sure. Um, so I, I, I take great umbrage with that and try to, to maximize the opportunity. And hopefully, um, as time starts to come on, we've, we have seen um, some players really embrace because of an intersection in their life with a topic that we may have uh, talked about. Right. Um, where they see, wow, we can make a difference by the simplicity of a message of acceptance or talking about, wow, today, you know, the club really did something great that wasn't about balls and strikes as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I try to really explain how, how disappointing or damaging a negative uh, kind of comment can be as well. Um, and well, that's ultimately, you know, the choice of the player, but using a few examples that show where a player sort of becomes defined by what they do away from the field instead of on it. Yeah. Yeah. And where is that line? Because I'm sure, you know, we've all, not all of us that are listening, but, you know, being guys, like being in that that guy atmosphere, that right. macho, and it, you know, it, it feeds off one another, it snowballs. When you were in this, in the 90s, like how much did it affect your, your, your playing? How much did it affect your... Well, I was so closeted I was not out to my family there I had no I left a marriage for a person and that person I was with for three years before he passed away um, suddenly Um, I I learned how to I didn't realize to the extent that I was dividing you know who I was you know at the ballpark I was a ball player I mean I it you don't just get to the big leagues I played baseball every day of my life and was in the majors at 22 um, it was a struggle for me to stay in the big leagues. I was not a great big league player. Um, and so while I was there, it was serious business. So, but I think when I would hear those comments, I would just leave the room. Mm-hmm. You know, I was not out to defend anybody. I certainly wasn't trying to uh, be an example for those guys to see because right. I was trying to hide something more than that was my number one priority in my life, I right. think. And, um, which is sad, but that's the way it was. It was a different time. The dialogue in the clubhouse was different than it is today. Um, you know, any young man growing up in sports is going to have heard disparaging homophobic dialogue on a, on a baseball field, on a football field, on a basketball court. Um, culturally, that was accepted. So when we are in a, a, a time and place where we understand 
um, sexist comments should not be allowed. You know, the, there are words that have been allowed to be said even on the air up until sure. recent times. Um, and, you know, feminizing a guy is based, uh, you know, sexism and sexist comments and demeaning to women. Um, they're all sort of connected. And I think that if we try to change the culture of what baseball is, is standing for, the, the dialogue that the White Sox would like to, it, to be understood how they prefer, you know, their players speak, that it might take time, but at least you're moving in a direction right. that uh, will ultimately change and move down to the lower levels of sports. What kind of reception have you been getting? Because I'm sure it's different, you know, talking to the front office. I mean, yeah. let's be honest, like players are great. There are a lot of intelligent players, a lot of players that are very diverse outside of, they have a lot of different walks of life, a lot of different interests. There are probably some players that are more into that, you know, that athlete, macho sure. mode. Um, what kind of reception are you getting in the clubhouse? You get, do you get follow-up questions? Do you get, you, know, ever get, I, you said you don't get, you know, haven't gotten a thank you, but have you? Yeah, got, well, not that I'm looking for one, sure. but I, you know, and, and this is a perfect example of what that, what I was trying to say with that is that uh, I've probably spoken to 20 of our 30 big league clubs, isolated, you know, just the players in a big league clubhouse. Um, never has anyone raised their hand to ask a question after I was done. Because in hmm. that environment, I'm not so sure that that's an easy choice for a player to sure. make, to pick that time and place um, to ask about something that is normally has never been discussed. Now, today, for example, when you have uh, men and women in the room and it's a business environment, we had probably 10 questions asked that would have kept going had it not been backed up to lunch. Right. Um, and when, when there are women in the room... <laughs> fair. Um, Sounds like a Chicago meeting. Yeah. When there All right, got to eat. When there are women in the room, men tend to relax tremendously when we're talking about this because it's not like... Why are we all in this room with this gay guy talking to us? Like, mm -hmm. you know, and that's from years of training that we need to stay far away from the things that we don't like. Sure. So the, I think I've had, I've had a few players come up to me after and say, you know, thank you, man. That Good. could not yeah. have been very easy. What about guys you played with after you came out, after yeah, you retired? That is where I've gotten the most um, response in the video that I showed today. Um, ironically, you're playing the Detroit Tigers today, and Brad Osmus was my roommate in San Diego. Uh, he was one of the first people that uh, literally asked if he could, if you need me for anything, you you know, yeah. let me know. Mm -hmm. And uh, Harold Reynolds, who's a big uh, personality in sure. um, MLB, still a great player as well. Uh, Trevor Hoffman, uh, Mark Grace said some great stuff. We played against each other in high school and through yeah. the minors, and uh, he had a great career here in this town. Um, so, and I was most afraid of how those guys would react to the the news when I left baseball. And um, and that was a, an interesting lesson for me that people still to this day um, remember me as a baseball player. And I thought they would only judge me as a gay person. Sure. And that was a very uh, difficult hurdle for me to get past because mm -hmm. I struggled with uh, a lot of shame about it. And, and, uh, and it wasn't like I was having a gay old time when I was a player. I was just the fact that it was – the truth and yeah. I lost a partner yeah. and I literally stopped having any social life at all. Yeah. Um, 
And then I, I jumped out of baseball without really thinking about a plan B. Um, I didn't understand how that would affect my family. And all of these struggles contributed to you walking away from Absolutely. the game. You could have still played. Yeah, and they reminded me of that. And then I forgot that I was a pretty good player, um, just sort of coming into my own um, as a utility player. Right. And um, so there's been some really amazing highs and a few difficult days, but I think the reward of being asked back into baseball um, gives me great determination to – not let another person, if they want, if they choose to live the way that I did, there's nothing anybody can do about that. But to feel a little bit better that they're not the only person, which is mm -hmm. a, a common thread for a lot of people in any uh, vocation uh, from our generation when they were closeted, they didn't know anybody else. And uh, I think my life would have changed if I had talked to Brad or my dad or my mom or my four brothers. I don't know why I didn't have the belief in myself to, to make that decision. Um, and a lot of people thought I just didn't care about them when I just dropped out of my life and moved to Miami Beach as far away as I could. And that's the opposite of the truth. I didn't want it to change. Um, so not everybody is in a perfect place when it comes to you know their self-acceptance. And right. um, you know I challenged the guys when we do talk, I said, you know, when people talk about, like, you know, when is a person going to come out? I, I said, listen, these guys are in their early 20s. Look, at, look in the mirror for a second. How evolved emotionally were you in your early 20s? You sure. know, were you perfectly set, settled into who and what you sure. are and what you want to be? Um, well, playing this game, I, I would assume, I can't speak, you know, personally, but playing this game, it probably keeps you a little bit. Absolutely, you know, armored from up. From growing man. up, yeah, yeah you don't have time. But these guys are dads. They have yeah. children, and yeah. they want to. You could speak to them as dads. Well, that's a that's a great uh, point because I do make that comment about the way I was raised. My dad was in the military. Um, he was a cop for almost twenty five years. After that, he was in the Marine Corps. He's from the Midwest, seventy miles from here, Racine, Wisconsin. I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, the way he talked about gays when I was little, I thought that's the way it was. And so I talk about, you know, if, if there isn't anything relatable for the players uh, personally, then I try to talk to them, think about your life as a, a father or a future father if you're not uh, one yet. You know, what kind of conversations are you going to have at your table? You know, yeah. Are you going right. to raise a bully or are you going to raise someone who is a leader, a great teammate? you know, wants to grow up and be like their dad, yeah. you know, because what, what your dad or your mom says is the most important thing that a child hears. Do you think that Major League Baseball is ready for open, openly gay players? To, would you encourage someone to come out if they came to you? I wouldn't encourage uh, a player to do anything. I would be supportive of, um, you know, a person has to live with that decision. Um, to be in a major league sport uh, or in big leagues, uh, and if, for someone to make that decision, that's going to it's going to change the dynamic of their life. Sure. I think I think players and um, if a team knew that a player uh, was gay and he was uh, a contributing part of the team and he didn't make it about that, I think that I absolutely think our sport is ready to embrace that. Because sure. there's only one other guy, right? Glenn Burke. 
Glenn Burke, who died in uh, 1995, played yeah. about a year and a half, I think, in the late 70s and 1980. It, was, it might have been his last year. So, yeah, there's a reason 147 years only two former big league players or current have ever disclosed that. So Definitely. it's a choice, and it's, a, it's not an easy one. So my job is not really looking at that as a report card for how the sport is doing. It's what kind of dialogue or culture can we create around that mm -hmm. so a player if indeed is ready to make that decision uh, I want it to be a, a positive experience for everybody I don't want it to, uh, right. to, to be a negative one well that's great that you're there for them and, and that they know it and you know if I'm you maybe you don't want because you're probably the best gay player ever <laughs> <laughs> out of two I don't know I mean how good was Glenn Burke he you want to hold on to that player. title, uh, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's for others to decide. But uh, hopefully there will be plenty of players, and I'll move my way back down to the bottom of that list like I probably deserved. Well, how great that you, you've come back around and yeah. you're back involved in Major Baseball and yeah. doing great things. And I, and I hope that the momentum in the LGBT community continues as they get more rights and more. Absolutely. We're not a political podcast, but <laughs> Just throw that in you, there. Are, you are enlightening people, so we appreciate that. Well, thank you. And thanks, thanks for, for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Billy. Thanks. Billy Bean. All right, well, this is very exciting. We have a NBA all-star. This guy, you had a hell of a... I'm going to say hell. I don't care. <laughs> I swear. It's a podcast. You had a hell of a career. We are with Sean Marion, the Matrix, a Chicagoan from Waukegan, right? From Chicago, Waukegan, yes, sir. Yeah? Where'd you go to high school? I actually went to high school in Tennessee. It was uh, a situation where I had to move away for a little bit, so yeah. that's okay. And then you went to a small school mm -hmm. and transferred into UNLV. Vincennes mm -hmm. to UNLV, and I came out, 99 draft. Yeah? Where is the Vincennes? In uh, Vincennes, Indiana. It's about a three-and-a-half, four-hour drive from here. Yeah? Straight down 41. Okay. All right. I'll go check it out. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'll get there. <laughs> so are you, have you been to Chicago? Are you a baseball fan? Oh, Yes. Dahara fan. Yeah, because I was, I, was uh -oh. I was just trolling your Twitter a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I saw you wearing a different color hat. <laughs> hanging out at a different stadium. You get lost on your way to the We're always side? talking about that. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's my first time over here. This is, is your first really? time? Yes, oh. it is. Get out of here. I'm a diehard cubby. No, I'm serious. Oh. No, You're leave. a diehard. <laughs> That's hurtful. Don't even say that word on our podcast. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm not here for that, though. I'm here for the USA basketball and, you know, saying that they want the first pitch. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what's about right now. Right. Right. We'll decide Chicago what you're here team. for. This is our show. Will you? That's right. That's right. right now. <laughs> Will you root for the Sox tonight? You said. Yeah, Will you? Yeah, you'll root for them tonight. Yeah, okay. Yeah, cool. All right. And you're gonna throw out the first pitch? Yeah. Are you gonna get loose? We yeah. always ask people if they warm up. No. 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 I got a little hip injury anyway, so it didn't matter. Oh, do you really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was, so I was yeah, I was following you up, uh, just looking at your thing. And you're just in China, too. Uh, yeah, I was in China. I've been in China twice this year so far. So I was in there early in um, February, and I just came back, went again uh, about, about six weeks, a month ago. You month, got on your Twitter, ago. it said that May 16th, you got a picture of you on the LaSalle Street Bridge. And then two days later, it's a picture of you on the Great Wall of China. <laughs> so it's like, pretty this cool. is like Carmen San Diego stuff, man. <laughs> man, Dude, yeah, it happens everywhere. real quick, man. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm very, uh, I'm mobile right now, so yeah. I can travel anywhere. You just retired last year, and we mentioned your illustrious career in the NBA. You played, you were drafted, you started at the age of 21 in the NBA. Uh, I remember you just about on all these teams, but the Phoenix Suns How teams. Great those that? are like some of the best teams. Yeah. That unfortunately, you guys never got the title. But talk about those years playing with the Suns and uh, it was fun. It was a great uh great uh 
Great time of my life, man. You know, it was uh, basically uh, defining myself as a player, and uh, you know, it was it was great. To, uh, I watched the city grow. The, the city grew with me as as well as I did as a player, and um, it was fun, man. It was a great ride. You know, I still have a lot of ties in Phoenix. You know, I still have a place. I keep a place out there. Man, got a lot of friends that live out there still, and um, you know, um, I, I was just really sad. I just didn't win the championship out there. Yeah. Yeah. Then you go from there, <clears throat> playing with this great Steve Nash, Stoudemire. I mean, obviously just great teams. You go to Dallas. Miami first. I'm sorry, Miami first. Miami first, then Toronto, then Dallas. Then yeah, Dallas. yeah. But to go, uh, I mean, how was, how was that playing with Dirk? Oh, Dirk was awesome, man. Yeah. I think uh, he's a, a unique and dynamic type of player, you know yeah. what I'm saying, to, to be able to shoot the ball the way he does at seven foot and just uh, – it was fun. It was fun. He's a, he's a great guy, great teammate, you know, and, um, you know – uh, what more can I say? He's a future Hall of Famer. What do you think about, you know, do you fraternize with any Major League Baseball players? Do you guys ever talk about, like, dude, our season's harder, our sport's more difficult, the hardest thing to do is hit a baseball? or like? No, I've never talk- done that. You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't compare and contrast. You know, I think it's, uh, it's, just, it's just two different types of, type of sports, you know, and uh, I think all, everybody, we all professionals, so at the same time, though, you know, to make it to be at the professional level, you have to be – really good you yeah know? right and, uh, for us to be here at this level you know i think uh it's, it's awesome it says a lot for yourself you know i mean everybody can't be an nba player everybody can't be a professional baseball player everybody can't be a professional i mean a hockey hockey whatever every yeah sport. yeah so it's, it's that much work you got and dedication you got put into to do it so um i mean i don't i don't do that i never do I think you were playing at a time when the NBA was changing a little bit into these super teams and the free agencies and mm. rivalries were going away. What do you think about the uh, the whole signing with? I mean, just the Durant thing alone. Honestly, they they had them. I mean, if he if they eliminate the the Warriors in the conference finals, that doesn't happen, right? He's not he's not leaving. Yeah, but, I don't think so. Mm-mm. But I mean, if they come up short, he may still left. I mean, at the end of the day, it's his decision to make, though. Like, I mean, uh, they still gotta go win, regardless of where he decide to go. Yeah. So, uh, so it's but not when, gonna be when you were, to him. So they still gotta go out and go out and perform and, and get it done. When you were button heads with the Spurs mm-hmm. in those days, would could you have ever imagined going to the Spurs, signing with them? Uh no, probably not. I don't know. It's just it's too hard to, to, to sit here and say what you want to do and, and what part of your, what point of your career you're at. You know, I think uh, you know I, I was at a career where I felt like you know if I hadn't won a championship and I know that's what, something I really want to do and it's not about the money and you can put yourself in a position to do that. That's what you're gonna do. Yeah. I think uh, at the end of the day, it's it's up. It's your decision to make. Everybody gonna always have something to say, regardless if it's good or bad. So I feel like you know. Uh, it's your choice. Yeah. Excuse me. Dude, yeah. I love it. No, that's no, what we do want. It. Come do on, it. man. It's a podcast. It's a podcast, Sean. You got it on tape. Podcast. You heard him. Tell what you said. Who are some of the crazier, crazier <laughs> players you play with? Just funny stuff to happen on the road or you know practices. One of my favorite, my favorite hilarious guys got to be probably Oliver Miller. Back Oliver Miller and oh, Todd yeah. Day. Back in my rookie season. Oh, they used to have me dying laughing. They was some of the best comedians I've ever had. Them too, and then Corey Blunt was good. My rookie season, I had I had some of the best vets I ever had in my life. Corey you know, Blunt, the I think the Bulls drafted him. Bull. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I had yeah. some of the best player teammates I ever had in my career. Awesome. You know, from Penny Hardaway, Jay Kidd, Cliff Robinson, uh, Luke Longley was on that team. Dan Marley, Rex Chapman, um, uh, Toby Bailey. Um, oh man, Toby. Bailey. Tony Delk. Uh, yeah. Kentucky, uh, who Gregor, else? Yeah. Yo, like I said, you, you know, you can go there. I even had Randy Livingston on my team. He was funny too. Yeah, everybody was hilarious, dude. I had a great team. You know, for me being a rookie, the only rookie on the team that year, that it was pretty sweet. And for me to go out, they haze you at all? No, it did one time. I tried to um, uh, one of my team. I ain't gonna tell who it was, but one of my teammates was like, he need, he asked me to bring. Come him on, some, Sean. He asked me to bring him some donuts. 
skit. Uh, Tell us. <laughs> he asked me to bring him some donuts. I said, I was like, fine. But I said, the way he told me to me was so disrespectful, though. I said, don't talk to me like that. I'm a grown-ass man. And uh, he was like, you know, he never asked me if to get him donuts again. <laughs> it was Tony Delk, I know. Nope. <laughs> nope. Luke Longley. Corey Blunt. Oliver Miller. Guy. Who wants donuts more than no, Oliver Miller? No one. No. no one wants donuts. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But you it was like funny you could, though. You look like you can still play. Do you get? Are you fielding calls from time to time? Do, does anyone reach out to you to see if you still have any interest? Uh, no, I, I don't even. T- I don't even entertain calls, man. You know, but uh, you know, I could go if I really wanted but to. Do but do they call? Are there? I don't entertain them, so okay. it doesn't matter if they do or not. You know what I'm saying? So I told. You know, I, I cut off communication when it comes to that. I'm right now. I'm only only calls I'm taking is for appearances. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. So you left the Cavs. La- yep. You were with them last year, and then they they won this year. Did you yep. reach out to those guys? Oh uh, no! I, I congratulate them on it. I think they, it was a, it was a hell of a series. You know, I think uh, it was a great playoffs this year. You know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying the the run they did, did you know, and um, um, what more do you need to say? They they, they got the they uh, got the championship. It was it was great. And you won it all in 2011 mm-hmm. with the Mavs. What does that What does it feel like? Is it like does that does that party go for days? The you, flight? Or did, did you guys win in Dallas? No, Miami. You went in Miami. Yeah, we celebrated oh, in Miami that night. Dude, yeah. the whole country was rooting oh, for you guys that yeah. year because that was first the year. first year LeBron. Yeah. Dude, that was – so what was that like? It was uh, it was amazing. I think, uh, you know, you got to be there to, to savor the moment itself. But uh, – you know, uh, you when you win it, you're you're kind of you're kind of like stuck. It's like you're in a moment that you really you don't think it's real. It's kind of saying like it's not. It's like an imaginary world, fairy tale land. But you don't really grasp it and take it in control until after maybe a couple of years down and see what you did, or maybe a year, a month or two after it and settle down, everything and calm down and actually see what you really have done. You know, when I had a chance to reflect on what we did and how we done it, though, it was like it was it was amazing. You yeah, know, I think. Uh, um, I, I, could, I could honestly say this. I mean, I really feel like we could have beat anybody in the world that day. Yeah, you know, I don't care what team you put together, we would have beat the shit out of them. Yeah. Know, honestly. Yeah, we, nobody would have beat us. You know, Is there especially any- when, we could come, when we came to play, we we didn't lose no, not one game. You know, mm-hmm. games we f- around and then come out and play. That's when, um, a few games we lost in the playoffs that year. Yeah. But for the most part, I didn't see nobody beating us. How it was much- all night. Go ahead. Well, what, like, was there an extra chip on your shoulder going up against the big three? Uh, I don't think so much. I don't think we was looking at it like that. Okay. We was looking at ourselves. We was looking at what we were capable of doing. I think uh, it doesn't even matter. We didn't care who was, the f- was playing. That's awesome. So, How know. much do you ramp up versus uh, the regular season in the playoffs? What would you say the biggest difference is? Uh, it's, it's the biggest difference is more more focal. It's more of a half court setting. You gotta you gotta really zone in because one play can actually cause you to lose a game. You know, uh, so it's more possession more possession type game in, in uh, playoffs. And uh, you know, you gotta be aware of uh, and know your game plan. You know yeah. what what you gotta know all the tendencies exactly to the team what guys do so when you got one guy coming in you know exactly what he does and what he likes to do you got to take that away from him that's your go get your if your your plan is to take that away from him and make him do something else you got to know that because if you miss that assignment you can cause a game you can lose a game yeah like that. so who was a player when you played that you're getting ready for a game and they're like all right sean you got this guy tonight and you're like dude i don't want to guard this guy uh, ain't, ain't too many guys uh, that I really felt like I didn't want to guard. It's just uh, at one, at one, the one, the hardest thing for me, I think, when I was uh, when I was younger in my career, when I went from I think it was my third, fourth year, I had to. Uh, they had told me I was gonna go from small forward to power forward. Mm-hmm. So at that time, that's when we really had power forwards in this league. So you know, I'm having to guard Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, and all these. Tim, I mean, it's just like you name it. You know, yeah. we, that was the most dominant position in the league at the time. So right. 
that was a really challenge for me. You know, I, I loved it though. I love to compete, so I love to take the challenge and do it. So you know, you they, guys, they may they may have had some good nights here and there, but I'm giving them twenty and ten. This is yeah, well. right. That's oh man, you so, up a so the thing yeah, is, real. so yeah. like the thing is, it was just, it was more of a competitive nature for me. But a lot of times I did, I made it real hard for them guys. And 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 then in my endurance at the time though, I, I never got tired that, about that time. You know, and uh, so I was able to run all day. Were you talker? No, not really. No, unless they start talking to me. So it, you got who, who were some of the talkers? Back then, who who talked in the league? Like, what do they say? Like, what's the line? Like, what's the line between like you guys are talking all night, and then what's the line when they square off and they're like, "Dude," and they they shove somebody. It ain't even talking in the league like that. Unless unless somebody just really don't like somebody, you know what I'm saying? It's like somebody really got to have a grudge against you. They just don't like you to really talk. Other than that, um, there's a few guys in the league that play with chips on their shoulders right now. Yeah, but uh, for the most part. Uh, yeah, Give us some dirt, man. You're retired. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling <laughs> you, I don't. I mean, I really, I mean, who who I have a verbal conversation with? Nobody yeah. really. Yeah. Look at verbal conversation. What about the you? line? What's the line with an official to get a tech? Like, oh, that's easy. Disrespect. Dis- they feel like they, if you challenging them and you questioning them at any time, and they feel like they can they can blow, blow you trying to 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 blow their spot up, or whatever, or challenge them like that. Can you drop an f bomb and not get a tech? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's just context of like, dude, what the yeah, yeah. But when, once oh, they once they change the rules though, once they change the rules though, a few about five six years ago about you know saying verbally and or actions or whatever. Yeah, come on, it just took the emotion, take, basically trying to take the emotions out of the game, and uh, that's when that's when they kind of kind of got a little a little chaotic. Yeah, but for the most part, they get they get they a little lenient when it comes to they know when you're when you're trying to when you're an emotional reaction, but you know, you know once you ain't trying to show them up for the most part, they let you react, try to right. let you react a little bit. It is part of the game. It's an emotional game. All right, I read your bio mm-hmm. on your website. It said something that people might not know about you is uh, that you love cartoons. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't want to come at you because I know you're a grown uh, man. <laughs> but talk about these cartoons you love. I love cartoons. What's, I, your, what's, your, what's the best cartoon? My best cartoon right now. I mean, I watch them with my son all the time now. So we are. How know, many kids you got? One. I got a little boy. What's yeah. his name? Sean. Sean, yeah. how old is he? Two years old. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah. I got uh, a couple of little boys myself. Yeah, so we watch, I mean, everything from Looney Tunes. Do I know their names? Hmm? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was trying to get through the fast. I know. Well, I'm tell me the cartoon. Tell me a kid. I'm just messing around. Tell me your damn kid. Man, tell me your kid's name. Whatever you just say. Tell me your damn kid's name. Tell me your kid's name before I put the hands on Elliot and Luke. Elliot Luke. What's your favorite cartoon? Don't hurt me. Cartoon. I told you, Elliot and Luke. Okay. I'm just messing around. Okay. <laughs> with the ages, <laughs> three and three and gonna be two. So. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing some devils right there. Huh? Yeah, yeah, they're <laughs> insane, <laughs> mischievous. Huh? Um, no, but uh, we watch Looney Tunes, pretty much everything, dude. Cartoon I'm Network it up on YouTube because it's not on anymore. Yeah, Cartoon Network. So like they show them in Boomerang, show them twenty four hours a day. Oh, do they really? Yep. I'm a big Tom and Jerry guy. Yeah, they historically. Come on. Yeah, they got yeah. a new. They got a newer version of them now, right now. So like, no, yeah, they the same. But mm-hmm. the older ones come on later. You know? Yeah. You're going to chime in? You don't watch cartoons? I know I do. I'm a old school Tom and Jerry, old school Flintstones. I don't even see Flintstones. Really no? Anymore. Yeah, I never no. like Flintstones that much. No, I don't see them much. On TV. And, and they come on, like, I come on late night. Sure. And say you love movies. Best, oh, love uh, best sports movie. Oh, remember the Titans. Damn, yeah, that's really? good. Really? That's a good that one. That's good. Yeah. They do not swear in that movie. That's a Disney movie. Yeah. It's a great movie. And he is in their face the whole that is a so, great mm-hmm. movie. Great movie. All right. Um favorite basketball movie? Uh <laughs> Above the Realm. There you go. That's a good one. <laughs> also like a Joanna Man. Sunset or like Park. <laughs> 
Air Bud. Yeah, Air Bud. <laughs> All right, man. Well, get out there. Throw a strike. And you're going to get up on the rubber, right? You're going to go on the mound? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to do it like they do it. Some people, yeah, some people go short. No, I'm going to go yeah. up there. I'm going to do it like they do it. All right, Matrix. This is Sean Marion. You're at uh, on Twitter at, at Matrix31. Yeah. Thank you for being on the cycle, man. No problem. Good luck Thank to you. you. Thanks, Great guys. career, man. All right, that was Billy Bean and Sean Marion. The episode where Pat got threatened by an NBA champion. I'll take it, man. He almost broke you like Bo Jackson <laughs> broke this bat over his knee. I like, I like to make, like our, I like to put him to the edge. Yeah, I guess yeah, get a little testy with him. You know, you gotta get something out of him. You Absolutely. gotta trigger. Yeah, yeah. There were a few triggers in that in that one. Absolutely. I mean, he was great. He was awesome. He was fun to talk to. And he had a great NBA career. He, he really did. And a long one. We, yeah, we talked a little bit about it, but I don't think – I don't know if people know the gravity of how good he was. I mean, because like you said, uh, just off here we were talking about it, he was out west. Yeah. Right? When he was in his prime, and, and not a lot of people got to see him every day. Yeah, so good. And um, to be 36 Ugh. and retired, retired. – I can't imagine I retired four years ago. go to China? Because yeah. why not? Just have all that – all that cash yeah. in the bank. Oh, I'm going to stop back home in Chicago for a couple of days, throw out a first pitch at a ball game. Right. It's not a bad little life. Yeah, he was cool. And Billy Bean, that's very, uh, you yeah. know, it's just, baseball has always been good about that. They've yes. been out in front of a lot of social things. And they've, they've said that they've been a little bit behind on sure. this. But, um, you know, it's the, um, the fact that there is someone there, if there are players that are struggling with this, Absolutely. they have someone to go to. Yeah. It's and awesome. just for the other players to have some understanding, you know, for yeah. the other players in the clubhouse to to understand what their words mean and, you know, how they affect people. And I think it's good. I think it's interesting. It is a very small percentage of people who are professional athletes Absolutely. for a career. The, the challenge is when you leave that world, you realize there's another world out there. Sure. The real world. Absolutely. And, you know, if it's, if it's preparing them for that alone, that's, mm-hmm. that's huge. Right. So, and I think it's generational too. And these, the, the people coming up now are more enlightened and more, you know, more accepting. Right. So it's good. It's, it's, uh, it's great that he, and it was nice of him to join us. So can't agree more. All right. So we have a couple things to give away. Um, one we're giving away, we're giving away the Melky Cabrera signed ball, his autograph, major league baseball. All you got to do is review us on iTunes or retweet us on social media when we post the cycle episodes we also uh, want to encourage you to go to whitesocks.com slash bow bobble because there's not many bow bobbleheads left there's not they're moving fast yeah pick one up and then we'll also remind you of our live podcast on saturday august 6 with carlton <laughs> just carlton <Fisk>. with carlton <laughs> pudge so come on out and uh interact with us you can email us some questions for carlton fisk at the cycle at chysocks.com and uh, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your dad, tell your cousins, tell aunts and uncles, you know. neighbors to download and subscribe to the cycle. And f- follow us on social media. Yeah. Tell us if you're tell us if you're liking it. Tell us if you're not liking it. Tell us who you want to hear, who you wanna who you want us to interview on the cycle. Uh, you are? I'm Pat McGann. You can follow me on Twitter at McGann Pat. I'm Jim Flanagan. You can follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Flan. All right. Thank you for listening to The Cycle. Bye. He gone. He did it. Wretch. <laughs> Get on back there.
gone. He did it. 